Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am, as always, your lovely host, Mike. And today is something that I've been wanting to do again for a while since my last film recommendations. And today I've decided I'm going to do another one. But rather than just, you know, my personal favorites, uh, this time I've decided I'm going to recommend by genre. Uh, and this time, this particular genre we're, I'm going to recommend are sci-fi films. I love sci-fi. I grew up on the original series of Star Trek. No, I wasn't around when it first came out on TV. Not that old. I do remember watching it as a kid because it was on syndication. So I watched the adventures of Captain Kirk and Spock. Mr. Oh, man. Those were some good days. What the hell happened to Star Trek since? Tangent. Anyway, I watched Star Trek uh, all the way through to Enterprise. I've also was a huge fan of Star Wars before it turned to shit. Again, tangent. But I was a huge fan of Star Wars. I think a lot of people are to one degree or another. You know, whether it's the futuristic uh, layouts and cities, the technologies involved, the ability to do things that seem almost magical to us. It's just something about the genre itself that captures the imagination like nothing else. Rather than looking at the past, things that have occurred. It's a bold look forward. What could be the possibilities seemingly endless. So, with that thought in mind, here are my film recommendations for sci-fi. My first film I, I recommend is a 1976 film called Logan's Run. Now, Logan's Run, when it first came out, it did pretty well for MGM. Actually, it's, it, some people credit it as helping MGM get out of debt, or recover from debt, really. But it had kind of a mixed reaction among critics. Go figure. That never happens. But, be that as it may, if you decide to take a watch on this film, it's the set layout when you first see the futuristic city. It's full layout, everything's moving around, lights, everything. The model makers did one hell of a job making that model city. They really did. They went all out. For a 76 film that's has a had a pretty good sized budget for the time. If I recall correctly, it was like um, two and a half million. You know, for 1976, it's a hell of a lot of money. They did a fantastic job, and it shows. Uh, the story can be a bit wonky here and there. Uh, some people thought that it probably took itself way too seriously in the beginning. Honestly, though, I think it it was still fascinating. I did not find myself bored or aggravated at the pacing, the, the length, the acting, or the story itself. I didn't really find that much to fault with it. There were some faults, naturally, as there usually are. But, being an older film, there are some bits of leeway that I'm willing to give. 
And if you're willing to give this film a shot, it's one that I recommend. If only just to see just how lavishly they created a lot of their uh, particular sets. Please, please, give it a watch. Now, I can't guarantee you'll like it, or you won't regret seeing it, but it's a fun watch, please. Do yourself and your friends and family a favor. Give it a watch. You might actually come to find this being one of your favorite films. Now, my next film that I'm going to recommend, if you are a fan of pro wrestling, and you like to see those guys outside of the ring, then you're going to like this film. No, it is not a Hulk Hogan film. Those, a lot of them are pretty bad. And there was one with Bill Goldberg, but that's a different genre entirely, though it is a lot of fun to watch. No, this one starred... Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live. Now, with They Live, this one had a lot of political uh, overtones that uh, the director, uh, John Carpenter, put in. Although those uh, political overtones were uh, naturally aimed squarely at the, at the time, current presidential administration happened to be Reagan. Reagan was uh, forming this new kind of American society as a lot of uh, political pundits of the day like to put it and clearly it had staying power because Republicans of today like to hearken back to the age of Reagan in fact they hold him up as some kind of patron saint of the Republican Party it's bizarre not so much because you know, he did what the Republican Party has always wanted to do, but just because that they would lionize someone in such a way and hold them up is almost almost a deification. It's pretty creepy if you ask me, but this isn't a political show. This is a movie show. But They Live does have that, and it's a, the strong running thread of story running throughout the film. So... If you're wondering why they did what they did with the aliens and the magic, the technologically advanced sunglasses that allow you to see them, that's why. That was the uh, jab at the political establishment of the day. Still, it's a good film. Lots of action. It's very interesting. Uh, the The acting can be a little wonky, but you know, it's still a great watch. I never had an issue with it. So, give it a chance. They live. Now, the third film that I want to recommend, I don't have a lot of people really talking about it, and I don't recall too many people saying anything about it. Some, A lot of folks that I've talked to, they have never heard of it before. And that film is Enemy Mine. Now, the premise of the story is that humanity is at war with aliens, with an alien species. We're given the vaguest of details why 
humanity is at war with these aliens. All that seems to matter is that we're at war with them, and it's been raging for quite some time. And the story revolves around a human fighter pilot and an alien fighter pilot who end up shooting each other down on a planet. And the story is about how they will, you know, they bring their conflict to the planet's surface and slowly, over time, work their way through this overarching conflict that they are simply a part of. Now, I don't want to get into too much because it needs to be seen to be understood. And if I start giving too much away, you're not going to be interested in going out and watching it. But I will say this, the film does a fantastic job of showing how someone can, uh, through time and the pressures of survival, are forced to put aside differences and then start to see through another's perspective. Something that I think is really lacking in today's common discourse, where instead of two people having a discussion, and even a heated argument, but not being able to uh, keep from screaming at each other and immediately started treating the other person as the other or as the enemy, regardless of points. So, really, this is a film, I think, that is much more suited for this time than it was in the time when it came out in the 80s. I truly think that's the case. Back in the 80s, it was more of a us here in the U.S. versus them. Them being the Soviet Union, communism in general. Holdover of the Cold War. Whereas now, it's far more a internal fracturing. And I think it'd be, it's far, it would be far more effective as a story for today's society, rather than yesterday's. Enough of my philosophizing, though. Please, give the film a watch. I think it really deserves your time and attention. And it, like I said, it delivers a message that I think is far more powerful today than when the film itself came out. It's a good film. Enemy mine. Give it a watch. Now, my next film is an interesting one considering how I pretty much had a bit of a rant fest when it came to what went wrong with the Disney series of Star Wars films because I don't care how many people tell me it it's not a fucking trilogy trilogies follow a distinct storyline one after another this one is three separate movies one of which fucked over the first, and the third one tried to fix what the second one fucked up. But that's enough of that. This film's actually uh, a bit more interesting, at least in my personal opinion. Now, this particular film is called The Black Hole. Now, this film is an interesting one. Now, this is a Disney production. And it had a bit of a troubled production start. Difficult birth, if you would. You know, they, the original concept behind the idea was in the early 70s. They were, they, 
They Disney was seeing how uh, the disaster genre of films was really quite popular. Films like The Poseidon Adventure, for example. And so they wanted some kind of idea, but space-themed. And so they came up with the idea that would eventually become the black hole, though it was designed much more along the lines of Poseidon Adventure. It was going to be a disaster film in space. Interesting idea. However, uh, there were uh, some hiccups when it came to the production staff, so it ended up getting shelved for a while. Now, uh, time went on. They decided at one point, hey, you know what? Let's bring that off the shelf and try again. So they did. But then noticed that the disaster genre of films were declining in popularity. They weren't bringing in the crowds they used to. And so they thought, well, shit, we're going to have to try something different. And so they began reworking the script and trying to do some new interesting ideas with it. Unfortunately, the script didn't get very far. This is about 1975, 1975, 76, right about there. So more work had to go on. They were doing this and another rewrite after they'd brought in another writer to do a revision. Revision was done. It was looked over. Uh, it still wasn't cutting to mustard with Disney. So again, more work was going into more thought, more time is passing. More production woes as people left or passed away. And then eventually, right around 1977-78, yeah, about 77, I think, uh, they finally brought in one another guy to do another script revision. Got that. Disney still didn't like it. So they brought in yet another person to do some script doctoring. And then it, that got put into production under the title The Black Hole. I gotta tell you, it really shows when you watch the film. I'm not saying it's a bad film. It's not. But there are moments when you're kind of sitting there going... It's as though they're going to go in this direction, but they don't. What I mean to say is, if you're, if you're watching a film like you're walking down a hallway, if you're pretty well versed in how uh, stories and scripts work, you can visualize yourself as you're following the story, going down a hallway, and then you're given a choice. The, the fork in the road, if you will. And there's always the one path that's fairly obvious and one that isn't so obvious. Quite often, with a lot of more formulaic films, that obvious path is very obvious. It's like being slapped in the face. It's that obvious. Uh, it's going to go in this direction. You wait and see. And sure enough, that's the direction it goes. What made... The black hole interesting is you can really see where all of the uh, script reworks were really kind of playing havoc with everything. They did try to kind of smooth it all out, but it didn't entirely work because as you're going along, you would see what would you would assume would be where the story is going, the, that particular direction at the proverbial fork in the road. And yet, they don't. They don't go to the side that is less obvious, they just keep going, as though the fork never existed. 
They got to a four-way point and just kept going straight on. And then taking a turn somewhere else. Following some other logic. This really shows. Uh, the visuals are still quite good, especially for the time period. I mean, this the film came out in 79, and it looks really good for the time. It they They were really under the gun when it came to doing these things, but, you know, map paintings and miniatures, they did not spare detail. It looks great. It's the story that really kind of suffers, and it's some of the kind of ancillary characters within it that aren't that well fleshed out. There are some things in there in which there are definitely rough patches. I can kind of see a direction for it, but you're always kind of left scratching your head wondering, is that the direction that they wanted to go in? So it's a little confusing. I still recommend it, if only for the visuals and some of the really cool ideas. Because ultimately, when they did the final script doctoring, it, it they made the film in which... Uh, and they made the, sh- the uh, large vessel, the... Uh, uh, shoot. No, the... I was going to say the Palomino, but that's actually the shuttle that gets to the ship. I do not remember the name of the main ship that's actually near the eponymous black hole. Uh, cannot remember it. Anyway, be that as it may, the main the main person who would eventually be the antagonist, man, they, they really make that... They make him a flavor-wise character really make him far more like a Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, a much older Disney production. I honestly don't know if that was the intention that they were going to make this particular uh, guy a stand-in for like Captain Nemo because they they gave him very similar looks. They really toned down the kind of more animated uh, movements and actions of Captain Nemo. They almost gave, made it Captain Nemo if, if he was on Quaaludes, if that's possible, because he seems so much more a, a subdued and silently sinister character than Captain Nemo, who was a bit more ambiguous. He had kind of sinister undertones, but he was much more an ambiguous character as far as, you know, is he a good guy, a bad guy, somewhere in between. It was far more ambiguous that way. Whereas this guy, he is not as subtle as the as a villain, but he really tries to channel that Captain Nemo vibe. And it just ends up being all of that without nearly as much of the uh, human kind of exuberance that you got from Captain Nemo. So it's like I said, Captain Nemo on Quaaludes. It's an interesting film to say the least. And I recommend it mainly because of the visuals and for some of the story. Because honestly, I would like someone who uh, has much better ideas than what they had apparently to watch this film and to get better ideas off of have to bait good ideas. It's not a bad film, it's just 
I think it's a good study. I recommend to watch it as a good study of what happens when you don't have good solid control of your script. Now, the last film is one that I actually do very much enjoy. And that, of course, is the movie The Man, the Myth, the Legend, Flash Gordon. Not the old TV serial, the film. It is a cheesy, cheesy film. It just is. I absolutely adore this film for the amount of cheese that it has. It's so cheese from from the opening theme music all the way through Emperor Ming. All of, oh god, it's all so much fun to watch. It is a great night to spend because it's so cheesy you won't be bored. The character of Flash instead of being this the typical great superhero kind of character is much more of the all-American kind of meathead guy who stumbles and bumbles his way into heroic status. It's amazing. The Hawkman, the leader of the Hawkman, oh, that guy, he, he chews scenery to such a degree that in some scenes that it is fantastic. If you really want to know what a movie with with that much cheese is like Flash Gordon that is definitely the film you need to see in order to understand what cheese is liking when it's good in film honestly please by all means give that one a watch whenever you can hmm i think i'm going to have one more I'm going to add into this list, I think. Honorable mention of The Fly, 1986. Uh, stars Jeff Goldblum. It's a Cronenberg movie. If you don't know who Cronenberg is, he pioneered what would be called body horror. Believe me, it's it can be pretty gross, but The Fly has fantastic visual effects, and it's an interesting film, a remake of an older classic black-and-white B-movie done up for the up-to-date and modern 80s. Still, it's a great film, and I would recommend it. I would definitely recommend it. It's a film that has... It can really introduce you to Cronenberg before you can dive into some of his more... Uh, heady stuff, I should say. Uh, he is very good at body horror, and it will make you squirm. And The Fly is... It'll make you squirm, but not nearly as much as some of his other works. So it's a, it's a good film to start with. And, shockingly enough, Jeff Goldblum isn't as Jeff Goldblumy as he usually is, in later films. But it's still there, of course, with the fly. He he can never escape himself. It uh uh yes, 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 uh no. That that's the kind of thing that you're still gonna get even with the fly. Just not 
nearly as much. So these are some of my personal recommendations. Uh, you might have heard of a few of these. You might not have. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, please seek them out. Give them a watch. You might be surprised. You might not be, but you never know. Hey, it's subjective and it's entertainment. There'll be something in it for just about everybody. If not for just the pure enjoyment of the thing, maybe it's something for you to riff on. There's always a possibility. We need to find our own entertainment, especially when the films that are handed to us are, shall we say, less than ideal. Still, it's always a lot of fun to be able to talk and recommend films, and I like doing it. So, I'm going to continue just to, every now and again, just bring out some, uh, bring out another list of other genres. I mean, there's so many genres to choose from, from film noir, horror, all the way to things like thrillers, action adventure. I think I will do a just standard sword and sorcery. I will probably also do one of some of my favorite animations. Now, I'm going to make a caveat with that particular thought. I, I'm not that big into anime. Really, I've only gotten into anime in the last couple of years, and then just a couple here and there, so if that's what you're expecting, and I'm sorry, I'm just not that well-versed in it. You know, I remembered watching a couple as a kid, but I never really had that much access to it, so I don't have a lot of background. So when, it, when I say animation, a list of animation... Animation from guys like uh, Ralph Bakshi or Rankin and Bass. That kind of, you know, American and European styles of animation. There's one in particular that I would really like, and I could have put it in here into sci-fi. I really could have. But I think it really deserves to be uh, a part of the animation list. Because it is fascinating. And it's, I'm, all I'm going to say about it is that it is a French animation. And I think it, it's simply, it's, it's just a, a fascinating watch for someone like myself. So, I think we're going to go ahead and end it there. But... You know, don't worry if this is something that you've actually enjoyed uh, hearing my recommendations on these things. I will make sure to do more. Like I said, there's lots of genres out there, and I have seen a lot of films, and there's a lot of films a lot of you may not have heard of. And I would love to be able to introduce you to these films. Some of them just for the sake of how bad they are. But I promise... I promise, especially with the animation one. The animation one is going to be only the good stuff. I'm not going to give you bad stuff with that one, because bad animation is just horrific to watch. So, so there. I think, uh, I think I'm going to call it a day now. So stay safe, everyone, and I will see you next time.